0: is so I realized listening to the newest that episode was that last time we recorded it wasn't reading from my mic so I sounded like I was in a cave
1: oh, oh I, was wondering what I sound normal again yeah you sound yeah. normal. Again. it sounds like it's okay, the mic good. again
2: yeah we didn't want to mic shame <laughs> you shows yeah
1: yeah. No,
0: but feel free to mic shame me whenever I sound <laughs> oh, not right. Okay. Be like, hey, what's going on with your mic? Cause then I can be like, Oh, is it Thank not you. actually listening
3: to me through my mic? <laughs> Kelly for Sue's For talking now. about mic shaming because my mic wasn't even plugged in
0: <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to that episode was We Are Popsicle.
3: Eight, three, two,
2: three, three, three.
0: In this episode, we'll be offering opinions and reactions to Why the Last Man, episode six, Weird Al is Dead. Why the Last Man follows escape artist Yorick Brown after an apocalyptic event leaves him as the world's only remaining human with a Y chromosome. Developed for television by Eliza Clark and streaming on FX on Hulu, the show is based on the Vertigo comic series of the same name by writer Brian K. Vaughn and artist Pia Guerra. The episode Weird Al is Dead is written by Danetta Lavinia Graves and directed by Destiny Icaraga. continue this is your final spoiler warning we can't really talk about this without spoiling things so if you haven't watched episode six of why the last man go do that now come on back we will still be here and without further ado Let's get to it. Um, Let's start by introducing ourselves. Hello, my name is Lisa K. Weber. Um, I am a artiste of comics and cartoons and stuff. Um, And joining me today are most of my popsicle squad. First up, my very good art friend, Kelly Sue Milano. Hi, <laughs> Kelly Sue. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> uh, next up, cross-stitcher, mother of independent teenagers. It is Claire Thorne. Hello, Claire. How are you today?
2: Hello. I'm doing well.
0: and next up we have philip kelly our wonderful producer and man of all trades um how are you doing today philip
1: i'm doing well i'm in i'm on the other coast so it's a nice nice change of pace
0: yeah get some of that east coast yeah
1: yeah I
0: don't know um not joining us today is our usual co-host, Justin Peniston, <laughs> oh. but he was kind enough to provide us with some hot takes on this episode that we will be reading from later. Several of them in fact, yeah yes, we're, we're very playing. many of them yeah, that's it. <laughs> um but that is who is here and who is not here today so let's get started on this episode um I was super looking forward to hosting this one based on the title alone before I ever saw it because you know we love Weird Al yeah we do Um, we don't want him to be dead it's hard to think that he is in the world of why now Mm -hmm. um But, um, I actually want to start, let's just, I'll, let's take time to talk about each of the ABC stories. So Hmm. first up the cult of Costco. Um, wow. Roxanne y'all, this is some really good shit that she's pulling here. I mean, good (laughs) in a, you know, bad in a good way. Um, cause she's clearly like working at some real high levels of manipulation, um, as she's like taking everyone's grief as an opportunity to make everyone just really fucking angry um, and militant. And um, this was like, this story was just really fascinating to watch, like what was going on with, Especially what was going on with Nora, I found that just really fascinating, like how she was basically like Nora was like, oh, okay, in order to survive, in order for my daughter and I to survive, I basically need to like, you know, suck up to Roxanne and probably go towards this place of becoming like very hateful and like spiteful in my life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um but I mean, Nora is not the only one there. We've got um, Hero and Sam that are dealing with their own levels of craziness um, in this price max situation. <laughs> um, so
2: <laughs> let's have at it. What are your thoughts of all this? Mm. I just need Sam to get out of there. Like mm-hmm. I just need an escape to occur. And it, uh, I just need that. It, I'm again, I'm the tension level around what happens to Sam is so high for me. Uh-huh. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is like full tilt. Cra- I mean, and they don't soften it in any way we were introduced to the, you know, we already knew from the previous, you know, glimpse that we've had of this group that things are not great things are not right. Um, but boy, they jump in with both feet because, you know, the first thing we're doing is, is subjecting a, a, a young girl, a child to uh, like this brainwashing right off the bat. And it's, you understand immediately just how, yeah, <laughs> my husband's mm-hmm. like, oh my God, she's, you know, the, the governor or whatever from, um, Walking Dead. She's she's very much that that character um, in this show. The huge strong vibes of that. Totally. I loved and. seeing in. Oh, sorry, you can finish, Claire. I was just going to say, and I wasn't entirely sure how far they were going to go when uh, by the time we got to the rubbing dirt on people and then oh my God. cleaning uh, them in the bathtub. Yeah. I didn't
0: yeah, for, quite... those, for comic readers, for those yes. who've read the comics, I was like, oh God,
2: I know I was, <laughs> am I having a hot flash now? I was, like, or am so I... relieved when it was just dirt? <laughs> and oh, it wow. it gets worse. <laughs> huh? Oh, it's yeah. It gets worse. It's yeah. Um, but I think they're laying that out. Well, they're, they're, they are, they're yeah. building the foundation for the, the, what could be the the really horrible, you know, uh, stuff to come, um, they're building it well. So yeah, it was, Mm -hmm. I want to live in a Costco. I want to have one of those fort bunk bed things that they made in the racks that I just, yeah, I thought that was a clever use of the space. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If Costco, (laughs) if Costco doesn't latch on to like advertising (laughs) possibilities for themselves out of the show, you know, they're, they're missing out. I love it. Um, I loved the,
3: that scene with the dirt and the bathtubs so powerful, you know, it wasn't this, it didn't have to be long and drawn out for it to really hit. Um, and I loved, I was really struck by the way that they kind of wove in this narrative of hero being totally sucked in, um, and it made me think so much about how people like Hero, who maybe struggle with addiction, struggle with finding their place in the world, don't really feel like they belong, how susceptible they are to cult dynamics. Um, and that was just like, it was highlighted for me in that moment and how as a result, what goes down with Sam is able to sort of go down because Hero is totally in the tractor beam of Roxanne, like so many of these other women are. And it was like literally what happens in a cult. Almost it wasn't even it almost wasn't even a metaphor. You know, it was like you die to who you were before you were a part of this group, and they make mm-hmm. it into you're becoming quote, who you really are. When in reality, all that's happening is you're being trauma bonded with people around you to conform to whoever is the leader. And I was like, wow, we need to hit the nail on the head. Why with that scene and similarly with Nora and what was going on with Mac. Roxanne is already kind of starting to sort of peel Mackenzie away from her mom yep Mm -hmm. and I was like there is a new sheriff in town (laughs) yeah and I have to say this was something I I really
0: appreciated um this character of Roxanne like us really seeing how she operates and how she works because that I mean, again, it's probably been too long since I've read the comics, but I don't remember getting that much of an inside look at how this was formed, you know. Yeah. And it's really fascinating to see.
3: And like, Missy Pyle, y'all.
1: Missy Pyle,
3: yeah. I know, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. so great. What a moment for her. They're doing oh, some real.
1: They're doing some against uh, some great against the type casting in the show. Oh, oh and, yeah, yeah, and really blowing me away with it too. Uh, yeah, and I, I feel like that's even. Purposeful. Uh especially when you get into casting shows for women. Women are cast a lot of times in a very in a box. And the show is pulling these women out of their boxes and letting them shine in different ways. And that's really, mm-hmm. really cool. So the statement, yeah. even in the casting, is pretty great. And
2: we get to see everybody's yeah. boobs as well, which I just thought the whole bathing in the the tub, Beautiful. whatever those were, that was just such an amazing scene. And it has so many. Um, I don't know if anybody's seen Midsummer. Uh, mm-hmm. Mid midsummer yeah. had so many of those vibes for me because these, like, they were being really creepy about the- <laughs> about their how are you doing, <laughs> but the oh boobs there were there were there were big boobs and small boobs and so and bodies. just delightfully yeah differently shaped boobs and I yeah. was very happy. Yeah, I also appreciated all
0: of the different shapes and sizes mm-hmm. in that scene.
3: Well, and if this was a show. By men for men, that scene would have looked very different. Yeah. I yeah. I can't help but think that you are very right. <laughs> I,
1: I, I think so. I think so. There was something very just casual about it that was yeah. mm-hmm. really quite wonderful and also very creepy in its casual. Like I felt very uncomfortable every scene in, with Roxanne and all the Roxanne scenes because of the because mm-hmm. of the cult vibe. Um, like I was very uncomfortable through a lot of this episode uh, in a meaningful way you know what I mean like uh, oh. uh it was it was pretty great um but yeah I was definitely all the uh the sort of calm hey how you doing boobs out I was like I'm very uncomfortable right now <laughs> not because not because of, like those yeah not because of the boobs themselves but uh it was just uh yeah it uh, was, the,
2: reminded me of going to the Korean spa I don't know if anybody yeah. else my other oh, female, yeah, course, uh, of of you know to the Korean spa yeah. but you know what yeah. delightful thing mm-hmm. yeah that's why
0: it's like you know I mean as a woman who has boobs, um, <laughs> it's, and I, and I know not all women do, but, um, uh, it's, um, yeah, it is casual. Like it's
3: being mm-hmm. yeah.
2: naked. They're not a, a big deal of, to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah. No. Well, and that's, that's, I think is the thing is that they're, You can feel uncomfortable initially, but as a woman, when you're in that kind of environment where everyone is naked, there is a freedom and security around it that you don't get when you're clothed and a woman out in the world with men, right? It's, it's a very, it's a very, very specific feeling. Yeah. And I liked it being alluded to.
1: Yeah. Boobs don't have to be sexual and it's nice to see them not being treated sexually.
3: Yeah. I completely Yeah. i appreciate it to be honest
1: yeah uh, there was there there was I, I couldn't help but notice one of the extras in the background wouldn't stop scrubbing her right boob <laughs> she, she was just kind of just like in the background just because she didn't know what just else to really do crazy. she wouldn't move yeah. to another body part she so just kind of kept, mm-hmm. kept scrubbing her. i thought yeah. that was funny but anyway Very that has nothing that has right nothing to do with the actual uh, scene itself you know, <laughs> or what was happening it just it uh, tickled me
0: um, also Philip, I noticed once we started that your mic is sounding odd. I don't know if that's just the room that you're in or
1: I mean, it should just, let me check the mic to make sure it's on the right. Oh, oh, look at that. It's using my artist. It's using, it's using this. We get to it's mic shame to everybody oh, to. Oh my goodness.
0: <laughs> well, everyone's like in unfamiliar places and it's like, what is this <laughs> setup?
1: Can you still hear me? Yeah.
2: There wow, we
0: go. That's, okay, that's, so better. that's better. Hey, there we go. Yeah. All right. Let's move on from Costco to. I don't want to
2: leave the Costco. The Costco does seem safe
1: <laughs> compared to everything else. Yeah. It's
2: not, though. It's a trap. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a trap. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so let's move on to our trio why 355, and now man. Um, hold up in this church. Like this story arc in this episode was the one I had the hardest time with Um, because I just felt like, I don't know. I didn't even like a lot of it. I didn't even understand what was going on. A lot of the scenes were so darkly lit. I could hardly even see what was going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it was like, it was just a lot of kind of like this. Oh, there's this looming threat of these people out here to find us. Um, but then everyone starts just acting pretty much insane. I mean, except for Man, I would say like mm-hmm. Doctor Man. I totally understood where she was coming from, where she because she's like even in her one episode so far has established she does not trust the government or any government agents, and so her wanting to kind of like ditch 355 um upon finding out that like she's been keeping things from them um made sense but almost nothing else made sense to me because it was like I didn't even understand in that one scene of 355 being on being up in the risers or whatever and why finding her I honestly didn't even realize that was sleepwalking until he said it in their next scene together um And then I was like, Oh, okay. And then it's like, he's all, he's all mistrustful of her because he finds out she lied about the sat phone in the beginning of the episode. And then mm-hmm. after he finds her sleepwalking, he defends her to man and is like, no, we need to stay with her because you know, she's also responsible for like saving my life. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, hey, let me help you 355. And she lashes out cause she can't keep her shit together, which is also not really like her from what I understand so far. So mm-hmm. she's not really acting like herself either. So she lashes out and then he's instantly like, well, now I'm mad now and I'm gonna leave and i was just like what the fuck with this entire arc it was driving me crazy how did totally. everybody else feel about it
3: <laughs> same <laughs> yeah it
2: was it was a pretty inscrutable um, episode with them the mm-hmm. and i think the thing that felt the most dissonant to me was the stuff with 355 it's like okay is this has she she, she can't have been Like sleepwalking back in the days when she's, you know, undercover and capable and on her own without, you know, like eliciting some degree of like problem, you know, that would have been problematic for her in a way that is hard to comprehend. So is this suddenly a new development that she, or does she know that I, yeah, it, it felt like they were introducing a mystery that was just way too inscrutable at the beginning and. I'm not sure why we need it exactly. Mm-hmm. It, it, what is this yeah. supposed to be telling us about her character? I'm not. I'm not sure yet. It was. It was weird. Yeah. yeah. It's also, also becoming harder.
0: Oh. oh, sorry. Go on.
2: Oh, okay. Um,
3: I am also finding it harder and harder to buy that. Why is still like not getting it? Mm-hmm. Like, don't. Run off. At this point, I'm like, it's it it now is like, okay. I feel that anybody, no matter how entitled or white or male or privileged they might be, at a certain point, is going to get hip to what needs to happen, you know. And so the fact that he's still like, ooh, I'm gonna jump down here with all of these people and go into this radio head vigil. I'm like, cool. <laughs> it's a cool vigil. I'm glad that we got to see it in the show, but I was sitting there and was like, okay. At a certain point I need for him to be like, I need for, I thought that we had it. I thought that it happened already. That he kind of got on the level. So that was another thing about this, but totally, I was like, what's what? Like y'all are a mess. <laughs> yeah together. yeah and yeah.
0: maybe that's just it this is mm-hmm. just their messy moment but at the same time it was like I just felt like they were like we're getting to the point of like character inconsistency like in the very mm-hmm. beginning um 355 is like she gets all defensive and she's like I don't kill people and it's like we have seen you kill many people <laughs> so what is this are you actually believing what you're saying when you say you don't kill people
2: like literally Mm -hmm. i'm asking myself does she have multiple personality disorder like is she when she said that is she like it's crazy it's it's weird storytelling yeah
1: yeah yeah i guess i recognize that she was sleepwalking in the beginning there uh but i don't know to what purpose or end uh any of her character stuff is really going like i I, because we didn't get like a really grounded foothold of who she was in the beginning it's hard to know what her character arc is supposed to be going forward mm. it's it like uh, it's a you know having a miss having a character arc within a mystery is <laughs> this difficult thing to pull off right yeah and um, it's all when it's all being kept secret <laughs> like uh, like oh great her storyline is being kept secret from us literally um, uh, I, I do see in her like uh, uh, someone who is uncomfortable talking about whatever trauma she has or whatever she's going through. I feel like that's a very relatable thing. Um, you know, people not being told and taught uh, or trained or, or whatever the word is to um, keep it to yourself. It's, it's not something that needs to be shared or uh, especially when dealing with, you know, trauma, Right. And, and who knows what that trauma is going to actually be when we get to it because it feels like something is really, really eating away at her and she doesn't like it when people see her in a vulnerable spot. And I think that's why she reacted to the way she did to York. because York was like, hey, I saw you being vulnerable and sleepwalking and looks like you're going and having a hard time. And I imagine she doesn't like being called out on that. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, um, so that's where I felt like that blow came from.
3: Mm-hmm. And then
1: York is just needs to stop being such a, a little
3: oh, bitch
1: yeah a little bitch thank you <laughs> i didn't want to be the one to say it but yeah he needs to stop being a little bitch and, child. and be, stop. Being ta- a child. Yeah. yeah he takes yeah. everything so personally into heart
2: can i take a moment to appreciate the visual physical humor that york gives us and there's two scenes that that were i found delightful the, the first one obviously where he's peeing and she's talking about him masturbating and and they're usually scenes where he's like not integral to the 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 plot at that point or whatever. Um, but also just the ongoing gag of a course, because he's an escape artist. So when the when the operatives are chasing them in the woods or whatever, and he is confronted by the one who sees him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she gets dis- distracted or one of the ones that see him and they're distracted and then he's just poof gone. I just they can do that all day long, every episode with him. And I will love it. To some degree, I'm okay with him being childish. That's part of what we want this male character to be, right? Is mm-hmm. is depicting that. And I'm okay with that. But if he only were true to his own... Sensibilities like he's wearing a gas mask everywhere he goes. He is intelligent enough to understand that he should be afraid for his life in pretty much any s- circumstance that he's in. He's gone from like hiding out and trying to hide who he is in New York City to being completely okay with walking into groups of of large groups of women who are doing weird culty things like you know walking around in a circle, listening and singing. Radiohead mm-hmm. songs, which I, it y- his natural fear isn't kicking in mm-hmm. when it should. And that's that's a character discrepancy. I'm mm-hmm. fine with him being stupid about stuff or oh, and, sure. you know, even like the going off and looking for his girlfriend because he thought he saw her in the crowd at the market that feels consistent with his character. But but yeah, they've I really am at the point where I'm like, you know, with these characters in particular they've got to start tightening up the writing around these characters um, in a way that eases my frustration I'm also a little feeling a bit of dissonance and this is my apocalypse world nerdness is I'm starting to get confused about what kind of apocalypse we're in because we're in an apocalypse where women have to live in a Costco and barricade themselves in to survive. But we're also in a world where you can have live audio feed, sit Mm -hmm. room, situation room, you know, Mm -hmm. monitoring of a covert, like it was, it was like Navy SEALs going in to to kill Osama bin Laden. it's like, how are we in that kind of world still as well? And I get that you can make a case for it. Like you could, you can argue how they're doing it. It just doesn't. I'm thinking of audiences who aren't, you know, that savvy about the apocalypse and you start getting to a point where your audience doesn't know what to expect from your world anymore. Like
3: Mm
1: -hmm. yeah, people are using cell phones. I feel like haven't they used cell phones? So there's gotta be some uh, sort of internet or some sort of connection? As
0: far as I know, no one's used, I mean, like Doric okay. was looking at a video mm-hmm. on his cell phone, but he wasn't like making calls. Right. On right.
2: It Still questioning that. But yeah, I think they just need to lean in and really explain some of the rules that are going on here. And I think this general needs to start losing some of her capability to direct, <laughs> to direct, you know, operatives around the United States because that's going to be problematic down the road. Like if they can do that, then how come they can't do other things that they say they can't do it. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, a little bit off. Mm Oh
0: yeah. Okay. It is time to with these thoughts of inconsistent apocalypses (laughs) 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 to take a quick break, um, ponder on all of this while you listen to some messages and we will be right back to talk about to talk more about this general and all this stuff happening in dc um, so stay tuned we'll be right back welcome back everybody um, we are here to talk more about weird al is dead but this time we're going to go to DC and we're going to hang out with Regina, Regina.
2: Of course, Regina. And,
0: and a little bit with Christine and um, Jennifer Brown. Um, so there was a lot going on in this kind of little DC moment over here that we had kind of a, a few things. Um, but I like love this character of Regina Oliver mm-hmm. like i really yeah. um i know for such a you know she, for a villain character man i she's delivering and i'm really
3: mm-hmm. really
0: enjoying her yes. um but so i kind of wanted to revisit cuz last week um pretty much everyone was like oh regina is not the big bad kim is definitely the big bad and kim is like a distraction or excuse me, Regina is like a distraction from Kim being the big big bad. But then in this, like Kim kind of like, you know, with Christine showed her softer side, but there was some manipulation going on with that as well, I thought. But I was like, I just kind of wanted to check back in now that this episode has happened. Is everyone still feeling like Regina is nothing more than a distraction from Kim being the big bad? Or are we like, no, Regina is definitely the big bad. And maybe there's even kind of a sympathy arc being built for Kim.
3: Wow. I'm pretty sure I'm Regina just... is just bad.
2: <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I think she's a really big bad. I still yeah. think that we're going to get a, a master Padawan, you know, like transference of big bad power. I don't think we're going to, I think we're definitely going to end up with, um, you know, Kim as the, the big bad ultimately. It, but that doesn't at all mean that that regina isn't the big bad right now Mm -hmm. necessarily so yeah
1: kcc is going to be the slow burn i think she's even going to be the tragic slow burn i I feel like they're setting her up for a real tragic storyline uh yeah yeah Yeah, i feel feel that
2: too feel that in my bones part, part of that's my fan wishing around having amber tamplin get to be just like hugely important in the show mm-hmm. and, and remain that way. Um I
0: think that she will be. I get the sense mm-hmm. from the show mm-hmm. so far and also, you know, following Amber Tamblin's social media feeds around <laughs> this show <laughs> that she is like that she is a major part of this show. Yeah. Like it's interesting to me that change anytime soon.
2: The opening credits, Diane Lane is right up front in the opening credits. And then the little, you know, what is usually the Left to like, ooh, and our special, you know, casting choice. Um, it's and M- Marin Ireland with mm-hmm. Amber tamblin Like she gets Amber Tamblin gets the, the the last, you know, yeah.
1: kind of the important slot, spot. It's an important yeah. spot. Yeah,
0: the last spot is not it, The last spot's an
2: important spot. Mm-hmm. The width. So it's uh, interesting. Uh-huh. I love her so much i'm sorry i'm just (laughs) nerding out i've watched her for decades in my little daytime soap and i just i feel like she's my daughter and i love her anyway um, she's
0: actually again because I follow the social medias, and I'm not stalking her. I'm not stalking you, Amber Tamblyn. I'm just following <laughs> you, um, like a regular person does. Um, but apparently, it is her and David Cross's anniversary today. So
3: oh, anniversary happy anniversary, <laughs> Cross Tamblyn's.
1: Nice, nice.
3: I guess Tamblyn Crosses. <laughs> I don't know how that goes. Oh. Um,
0: <laughs> But yeah, did anyone have anything to say about this or anything to say about like Christine and Jennifer and everything going on?
3: I have a feeling with a character like Kim, um, not so much with Regina, but Kim and Christine, I have a feeling that they're going to end up in very different places by the end of this show. Mm. Um, Whether that is like actually physically or just in ideology, I think that there's going to be a lot Mm. of growth and evolution as we continue through this world. I don't feel that way for Queen Bee Regina. I have a feeling that she's going to be the one that's kind of holding that pole. Uh Mm -hmm. And that by the end of this season, we're going to see a lot of different attitudes from him and Christina. I think a lot of the people in DC. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be a a little bit of a different playing ground by the end of the show.
1: Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Cause (laughs) there's certainly a fire. I mean, you you feel the heat coming off the screen when uh, Regina and, and brown are in the room together like it's um, oh, oh yeah it's a i
3: want to watch an entire episode of just those two yeah yeah,
1: mm-hmm. uh, they're amazing together i don't know much i don't Gorgeous know where chemistry yeah 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 it's amazing like i don't know what else uh i can't think of her name we don't have it uh, jennifer Richard, wigmore G- thank you jennifer, jennifer wigmore thank you i, I don't know what all she's been in um but man she's a powerhouse subtlety totally she knows when to lean into it a little bit Um, and her, she's so still. Yeah. And that gives it so much. Um, She's so confident in how wrong she
3: is. And going toe to toe (laughs) with Diane Lane. Going
1: toe to toe with Diane Lane. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like the, the performances, she's created a, a really remarkable character with, while doing very little. Um, you know, and, and that is actually doing a lot, like making it look like you're doing very little. is.
2: And I don't even think I know how much I trust her own belief in her own ideology. Like is, does she really believe any part of it? Like, I feel like she's the kind of person who is just completely devoid of ideology, but puts it on like a mantle so that she can be in a certain place and doing a certain thing. Um, like, I don't, I just don't, she talked about being a Democrat and now she's, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. she's, she's already changed so much. And I'm like, you know, I just, I don't think well, this woman drinks any Kool-Aid at all. She I doesn't, think
1: she, yeah, I agree. She doesn't seem savvy. to really, yeah. she doesn't really seem to agree with KCC really. Uh, and her, I mean, her line about feminism was a pretty much a, like a, uh, at least a first base run. Right. <laughs> like it was it seemed to be a pretty nice truth bomb from her to some degree that, you know, yeah, I, I mean, I can't speak to feminism completely, but, uh, but I I feel like that is, uh, something that a lot of people do is they take their ideology and say, if it doesn't look exactly like this, then it's not that
3: Mm -hmm. I I feel Mm
1: -hmm. like feminism doesn't escape that per se. Um, so I feel, yeah, she's, there's something interesting about her character, like you're saying, Claire, where she doesn't, I don't think she adheres to anybody's rules or standards of what they think the political realm should look like which is interesting for a villain mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, it's good stuff
1: yeah mm-hmm.
0: I can't, i'm looking forward to seeing more yeah um okay well with that i'm gonna move on to hot takes
3: let's hear them lisa
0: here are my hot takes for this episode first jesus fucking christ this episode had my heart rate like skyrocketing um so many secrets and lies which stresses me out so much um to say nothing of all of what we talked about with the costco experience and how just like physically threatening that felt for so many of these characters um second hot take the Radiohead thing i thought it was very pretty and very lovely but i also felt like it was super hammy I was like, this doesn't like, this just isn't, I feel like it wasn't hitting with me how it intended to hit. Yeah. Um, But it was very nice. Can I confess something? It was something? mostly like,
2: they're kind of wasting a lot of candles, you know? Um, but... Yeah, I think they're going to need those, aren't they? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Again, it comes back to what kind of apocalypse are we in? Are we in a, yeah, we can have that was a vigil and like, use all our candles or are we not? Like, Yeah, it... that was
0: my other thing is I was yeah. like, how much time has passed at this point? Have, yeah. Has it passed enough that we can organize this many candles and this many mm-hmm. white robes and white right. outfits oh. and can, harmonies? Can, Yeah, (laughs)
1: harmonies.
2: (laughs) Harmonies. Yeah. Oh my God, they have time to put together a choir. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Can can I confess something? Hmm. I'm not. I don't really know radio. I mean, I know I've heard Radiohead. Like I've heard of the band, but I don't really know them in terms of like being able to say, "Oh, that's a Radiohead song," and this is what's happening right now. So (laughs) when that scene started, the only thing in my head was the title of the show, Weird Al is Dead. Mm-hmm. And so for a <laughs> good good two or three
0: years. If minutes, they had done it to a Weird Al song, That would have been
1: amazing.
0: We would be having a different
2: conversation right now. That
1: would now. be amazing. <laughs>
2: For a good two or three minutes during that scene, I was really, because we had the captions on, and I'm like reading the lyrics going, This doesn't sound like a Weird Al song. I don't understand what's going on right now.
3: I think what would be even more amazing is if it was a Weird Al cover of Karma Police. Uh huh. Mm. That'd be. Now we're talking. You're
1: like Sue. You
0: are the mashup queen. <laughs> Yay. All right, next hot take. Um, In that last scene between Roxanne and Hero, I totally got Hannibal and Will vibes. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, I mean, Roxanne's over here being master manipulator a la Hannibal. And, you know, Hero is all like, oh, I'm so like guilty about killing this guy and getting away with it. And I just feel like... um, Roxanne is looking for a murder wife, um, mm-hmm. and
3: <laughs> yeah, so
0: good. I was just I was picking that up a lot. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Stay tuned for our next podcast, murder wives. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and then my final hot take: like all imperfections aside, like any kind of like little hoops we have about character flaws or apocalyptic inconsistencies. <laughs> I am so happy that this show exists. Mm-hmm. Um, I was feeling kind of like, about the episode the first night that I watched it. And then I was lying in bed the next night, still thinking about it. Um, and that says something to that I was still thinking about it the next <laughs> night. Mm-hmm. And I was drifting off as my nighttime edible was kicking in. And I just felt like over my body, this just really deep and abiding love for this show and all of the people involved in making it. And um, so I just wanna express that, that we may meet up sometimes and have our little complaints about things, but I'm just really glad this show is
2: around. So good job, everybody. You're here. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, I only, I only ever on. criticize the apocalypse because I love it so much. So, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean,
1: if only there was an actual apocalypse that we could talk about.
2: Yeah. Totally. totally.
0: <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. Sorry. Um, all right. So I'm not the only one with hot takes. Um, as previously oh, yeah. mentioned, our dear co-host Justin Penniston, who could not join us today for personal reasons um he wrote down his hot takes that we are going to share now so everybody pick a hot take (laughs) of (laughs) Justin's to read (laughs) um and I will start with Philip
1: sure Um, here's one hot take from Justin Penniston. The Amazons did not remove a breast to show their strength. They did it so that they'd be better archers. No breast to impede the drawing of a bow. Amazon is Greek for without breast. Uh, Just another manipulation from the police officer that is uh, the leader Mm -hmm. of the Costco cult.
3: Uh, Um, He absolutely should have started that with, well, actually. I
1: know. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I should have. I, I edit. I hear those all the time. I don't know why I didn't start with like,
0: I definitely, I, I, I silently added the well, yes, actually.
3: Thank you, at for the that.
1: thank you for that. I have not had coffee today. Otherwise I might've been on my game. Uh, I, I apologize to the listeners and Justin.
2: All right. Next up, Claire. Oh my goodness. Um, well, I'm going to bring out, um, his take on feminism and the show's take on feminism, feminism only applies to liberals, man. There's a kernel of truth in that statement. It's what I think of when I compare capital F feminism to everyday feminism, the kind that says that women can be whatever they want, even if it's awful. Um, I hope I said that sort of like, you know, he, you know, I'm hearing Justin in my head. It's hard not to. Um, (laughs) Here, Justin, in my head. In I think space. you did a
0: good reading of that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Kelly Sue, what is
3: your Justin hot take? My Justin hot take is, does he masturbate? <laughs> <laughs> he he burned my hand. Mm, yummy. Body of Christ. <laughs> Dr. Mann is going to be the quotable character on this show. Um, so true. Uh, okay. Agreed. I'm just waiting for her to drop a... Fire ton. <laughs> you know it's coming. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. I will take for my justin' hot take. I will take this last one. Um, hero's indoctrination into the Amazons is a much clearer character arc here than it was in the comic. Her guilt is something she needs to get rid of, and Roxanne is just the person to do it. Totally agree.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I'm
0: gonna tack this one on because I liked it. Also, how fitting that the Amazons have holed up in a big box store. It's
2: very yeah. Nicely oh, big done. box. <laughs>
3: there it is. Um.
0: All right, and that officially wraps up all of the hot takes for this episode. Um. So now <laughs> we just do our one word, or like two or three word answers. <laughs> However, you feel today of that of completing the sentence that episode was. So. That episode was, Claire, how would you fill in the blank?
2: Well, I was looking on Google to see if there's a word for the fear of cults, like, you know, cult phobia, and there's mm-hmm. not one. So I'm just going to pin that. I'm just going to coin that word, cult phobia. Like it, it was all <laughs> of the, oh my God. Oh, yeah, it was stressful because cults. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: Kelly Sue. That episode
3: was. <laughs> Many secrets. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Philip.
1: Uncomfortable. That episode was uncomfortable. Mm.
0: Mm. Um, and yeah, Claire, you kind of said my word at the very end of Sorry. yours. <laughs> to me,
2: that episode was stressful. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs>
2: Now um, I want to go back and change my answer though and say that episode was boobs. I think that's boobs. a good way to, that is a that's a way just much happier way. Yeah. I'm going to forget the stress. and I'm going to, that episode, episode was, was boobs. 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 Yeah, good. I like it.
3: <laughs> yeah, that episode was body positive.
0: <laughs> um, And all right, now that we are officially done talking about this episode, <laughs> um, let's get a recommendation. If you liked Weird Al is Dead, what else might you like? Philip, what do well, you think?
1: This is more informational than, uh, in, well, I guess, however you want to take it. Like my, I got a, I got a Christian book from my parents some time back and I was like, I don't want this. So I went to Barnes and Noble and I, I turned it in and got something else called uh, Trans Kids and Teens, Pride, Joy, and Families in Transition by Elijah C. Neely, um, who's a PhD. Uh, I got this some time back and I, I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was when we were, it must've been before, no, must, when was it? Before Sandman? It must've been before Sandman. Anyway, something was going on and I was like, I really, maybe it was the whole JK Rowling stuff. I was like, you know what? I'm going to dig into this myself and read just about all the science behind this and what's going on. And so I started to read it and um, yeah, uh, I would recommend anybody who's a little bit, uh, uh, who's listening to JK or just doesn't know exactly how all of it works and what's going on to take a look at this book. Um, it's very insightful. I haven't finished reading it, uh, but I have felt the need to recently, um, especially after Sandman and now this, uh, just like facts, like one in 2000 kids are born with kind of both genitalia and the doctors never tell the parents and just make a decision to, so the kid's more normal in quotes, uh, to get rid of one of those things. And it, it just happens. The, phrase,
2: the doctors never tell, tell the parents yeah.
1: like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like it's some sort of medical deformity or something like, then that's mm-hmm. how, that's how society views it. And, and it's, you know, like the whole, like a, a Dr. Man's speech in the previous episode reminded me of the the book and kind of what I was reading about just sort of the gender diversity that we're just, that's out there anyway, that we, even the doctors in many cases have ignored in the past because it's not normal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say anybody wanting to sort of expand their knowledge uh, of what it what it's like to be a, a trans kid you know or, or you know uh, uh, kind of get into that headspace and understand the science and what it means check out that book it's really good
3: he'll, he'll also know. recommends taking your christian books and turning them in to get books about trans kids yes, mm-hmm. I, I i recommend i, I think yes, that's a great idea I,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah i it. i was like and um uh, yeah i won't i won't say anything bad about my mom and dad here on the podcast. we love you mom and dad yes love you mom and dad you're wonderful people but i i'm not going to read your christian books unfortunately
0: all right that truly does it for this episode <laughs> that episode was Um, If you liked this conversation, be sure to like and subscribe to Popsicle on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, or wherever it is you like to collect podcasts. Um, Tune in next Friday for another installment of that episode was our discussion of next week's new why episode, My Mother Saw a Monkey. We are also currently releasing new episodes of Murder Husbands, a deep dive appreciation of Brian Fuller's Hannibal, and those come out every Tuesday. So follow us at Popsicle Pod on all social medias and visit our website, popsiclepod.com, for all the latest news and announcements. That's Popsicle Pod, P O P S K L P O D. Bye. This has been a Popsicle podcast production.